Episode 15, podcast number 15 of the insane ramblings of crazy old men with Mike and Ray without Buster. Talk about giant lasagna, Alex Salmon, Elton John, Vladimir Putin, and of course, the coronavirus. Hello, Mike. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Raymond. How are you? Well, not too bad. You're still not here, though, are you? I've got a microphone hovering above an Alexa device here to pick you up. You're in High Wycombe, self-isolating. Yeah. I've been to the uh, paper shop yesterday to set up regular deliveries and hardly saw anyone. But that's in the village outside town. I've seen pictures from Marlow and it's empty, it's deserted. There we go. But someone else said the supermarket's absolutely crammed as usual. How are your cats? Yeah, the cats are good. I've got loads and loads of cat food. Apparently some woman in Belgium claimed that a cat has been infected with coronavirus. In fact, the health authorities in Belgium have confirmed that her cat has got the coronavirus. He had diarrhoea, he's vomiting, he can't breathe properly. So you've got to be careful. Yeah, and in Hong Kong, there's two dogs have got it, one of whom has died. Oh, really? Yeah, so you better warn Buster. We don't want the main man going. No, well, he's self-isolating, except when I take him for a walk. I must admit, he does get a bit close to some of the other animals. In uh, not But he, he doesn't self-isolate when it's his feeding time, does he? Some companies are behaving really well and some are behaving poorly. You know, Mike Ashley, first of all, he asked that Rx be considered an essential stop in order to keep people fit. Then he said that he was going to have to lay people off without paying them. And I'll say what these people forget is after this is over, everybody's going to remember the people that behaved well and the people that behaved badly. So certain banks that are charging people high interest rates now when they get an overdraft, they will be ostracised. You know, they've got to be really careful. No, I hope you're right. There's karma here. People will remember. The guy, for example, who owns Weatherspoons, he's laying off his staff. Yeah, he did the same thing, didn't he? He said he wanted his staff not to take any money while they were off. Yeah. And now he's changed his mind. And go and work for Tesco, somewhere like that in the meantime. He's got over a billion quid's worth of turnover. Tim Martin is the name of the uh, the, the guy, and he is not going to pay his staff. He's going to lay them off. If you compare that with Costa, I would go in for a Costa any day now, and will do forever, based on the fact that they have been so good to their staff, and they're offering free coffee to the NHS workers. <laughs> a side effect of the virus. Iran, where they're having quite a problem because their facilities aren't too good, and somebody started this rumour that if you drank methanol, it either cured the virus or stopped you getting it. And of course, in Iran, it's a dry country, but you can get hold of industrial methanol. What you have to do, they've been putting bleach in it to take away the colour, and... About 300 people are reported to have died from drinking this methanol with bleaching, and about another thousand have become ill with it. Well, this Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, he's told his people that the Americans have genetically modified the coronavirus, so it will attack Iranians based on their genetic profile. I mean, talk about misinformation. I mean, the Chinese have already said that the virus was brought to Wuhan by the US Army. And the other amazing thing, the Chinese have opened their wet markets again.
chaps, Kuznetsov and Stoyarin, they're Russian chaps, and their expertise is in doing prank phone calls. Vladimir Kuznetsov and Alexei Stoyarov, they're these fantastic phone hoaxers. Possibly one of the most famous is Prince Harry, and they seem to specialise in either impersonating Greta Thunberg, they've got female friend of theirs who helped, or Greta Thunberg's dad. So they How could you do this to us? Because they knew he was keen on helping the environment. And they want to enlist his help. And they're saying, look, could you help us? We want to transport 50 penguins from Belarus to the North Pole. And apparently Harry's saying, yes, he says, I think I know a guide who might be able to help you. I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it? I don't know whether you heard this story about this guy called Billy McLean and he had this WhatsApp audio clip and everyone's got all these spoofs going out there about coronavirus. I had one the other day telling me planes were going to be flying above the house and they were going to be spraying DDC, get rid of the coronavirus. And I think, why do these people pass it on? Because the people who pass it on think it's true. Anyway, this guy had had enough of this and he said that his sister's boyfriend worked for the Ministry of Defence. And he said the government is finding it really hard to feed people. So what they're going to do is they're going to bake a massive lasagna in Wembley Stadium by closing the roof and turning up the heating. A spokesman had to come out and say there were no plans to turn Wembley into a giant lasagna dish. The better known spoof they did was Elton John. And what they did, because a law had been pushed through the Russian parliament by Putin outlining homosexuality, Elton John was supposed to go over there and do a concert. And he got all agitated and said, no, he wasn't going to do it. You know, one, he could be arrested, and two, it went severely against his conscience. So these two phoned him up imitating President Putin and were discussing gay rights with uh, dear old Elton John and saying, look, you know, we can come to some arrangement, maybe we can rescind the law. So Elton is so chuffed with this, he's totally taken in. He boasted on Twitter and it wasn't until some time later that he realised it was a hoax. And the fantastic twist is, then the real Putin actually phoned him up. <laughs> I wonder what he said. I'd love to know what he said. they call him, the headline is Lebanese killer rescued by the US on the orders of Trump. And this is a really interesting story which has scraped through under the surface because of everyone's focus on the virus. And basically, 
guy was a member of the South Lebanon Army when they had the Civil War. And he was in charge of a large prisoner of war camp in the 1980s and 90s. And he was obviously the top honcho in this camp. And a number of people were killed or tortured to death. So when the Civil War ended, he fled to the U.S. in uh, 2000. And I think he opened up a fast food restaurant and he got American citizenship, although he was Lebanese. So he goes back last September to Lebanon to visit his family. I mean, what an idiot. Gets arrested, he's charged with war crimes, taken to court. They release him because of the statute of limitations, providing he stays in the country because there's been an appeal lodged. He, of course, flees to the US Embassy. And the other day, Thursday, US Marine Corps helicopter flies into Lebanon, no notification to the authority, lands on the roof, rescues this guy and takes him back to America. I mean, what do you think of that? Did you ever play Lego when you were a kid? Yeah. I've still got boxes full. Oh, well. My son had probably the world's biggest collection. He had as much as Legoland. Well, there was this container ship called the Tokyo Express back in 1997. And it was just off Land's End. And he got hit by this huge wave. And unfortunately, all these containers went into the sea. And one of these containers, nearly 5 million pieces of Lego fell into the sea. 5 million pieces? (laughs) Yeah, 4.8 million pieces of Lego fell into the sea. That's almost as many as I've got. (laughs) <laughs> and they've been washing up on the coast ever since, which you can imagine all the kids down the beach collecting the, the Lego. But this guy called Dr. Andrew Turner of Plymouth University decided that he'd test the pieces and he compared them with 1980s unused pieces from sets and he got them all together. And he found out that these things were really tough. Apparently the founder of Lego, a guy called Ole Kirk Christiansen, wanted the pieces to be tough enough to withstand kids' temper tantrums and things like that. But this researcher found out that Lego bricks are tough enough to stay in the sea from between 100 to 1,300 years until they break down. So there's going to be a lot of happy kids for the next 1,000 years picking up Lego bricks from Cornwall. is cooperating with the Chinese government on facial recognition and it's a special methodology that can see through face masks and obviously the Chinese are interested because of what went on in oh, Hong Kong. Oh my God. So these people in America they developed what they call invisibility cloaks. What it is, these cloaks somehow and uh, they've got all sorts of things. They've got balaclavas They've got T-shirts, and these things have got coloured material in them, like a chequered pattern that destroys facial recognition and body recognition scanners. And they're actually selling them online. It says on his website, Professor Goldstein, who developed this stuff, advertises clothing. Hooded tops go for $80. Jumpers are $60. T-shirts are $25. So it means that on the one side, I mean, whether you agree with the UK government cooperating with the Chinese 
so they can hunt down these dissidents, I don't know. But on the one side, you've got the UK government and China working away to refine it. And on the other side, you've got this guy in America that's working on things that make that technology redundant. Alex Salmon has been cleared of all his misdemeanours. It hasn't been proven that he got up to no good. It's funny, isn't it? Nine women accused him, and he said it was all politically motivated. Amazing. And I don't know whether you know this, but Nicholas... I think it's a really difficult case. I think, on one hand, he could be right that it is politically motivated, because whatever you think, I mean, I don't like the guy personally, but he was a really successful, a really good politician. So what a great way to get rid of him if you can't get rid of him any other way. On the other hand, if he was molesting these women, if he was doing a Weinstein, he should be put away. So I think that's a really difficult case, don't you? If he's been proven innocent, he's innocent. But what I didn't know is apparently Nicola Sturgeon's government, they held an internal inquiry into claims of sexual misconduct and they totally cocked it up and he sued them and they had to pay him over half a million quid in compensation. So my mum always used to say there's no smoke without fire. By the way, a lot of poo's going to hit the fan. As soon as this coronavirus is gone, someone's going to come out fighting and he's going to knock some people down on this. Well, this is, this is why I don't think they should be allowed to name people until they've been proven guilty. You know, yep. the same happened with Cliff Richard, didn't it? No, ab- absolutely and the, right. And the BBC ended up paying a load of money. As usual, if anyone's been affected by our podcast or they'd like to make a comment, uh, please feel free to... Um, Look at our Facebook page, The Insane Ramblings of Crazy Old Men, or even contact us directly by email, uh, iracompodcast.com. We've got nothing else to do. Um, We're just hanging around all day now with this coronavirus, so it'd be great to hear from you.